Kristen, and this is another episode of Mandy Podcast. Today, I have two very special guests with me. They're um, my old aunties from my old church. So welcome, Chloe and Lily. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. Hi. Um, so this is actually the second time you're interviewing because I lost the original um, interview file. So thank you so much for meeting with me. Last time we talked about you guys being pastor's daughters or pastor's kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so what has that been like for you growing up? Um, well, for me, it was kind of like being a public figure just because I always had to be in the spotlight at church wherever I went since I was born, I guess. So I became more aware of like how I'm acting, how I'm perceived by other people. I feel like I got that sense at an earlier age. But it's just good for me because I know how to be careful of my words. I know how to be careful of my appearance and things like that. So, yeah. Um, I would have to agree with a lot of what Lily said. Um, Personally, I think it made me have to grow up at an earlier age. Um, I... I think Lily mentioned this, but just being really cautious of what I'm saying, what I'm doing, because it would ultimately reflect my parents. At times, did you ever feel like feel like your parents or your your dad, since they were the pastors, um, did you feel like you couldn't have like a regular father daughter relationship because he was like the pastor? Honestly, I would say no to that, just because. Maybe at church, it is a little bit more like, oh, you know, pastor and things like that. But at home, he's just like a regular dad. And most of the time you see him at home, right? Church only happens maybe like twice a week. Early morning service, I never went. So, (laughs) but yeah, like just being able to be with him um, at home, I feel like he was still able to play that dad role. And For me, I think being a pastor's daughter was like kind of a gift from God just because I feel like I probably wouldn't have believed if I wasn't born into a family of believers. And he like really tries to live out what he preaches. So I really appreciated that. I agree. Um, Definitely at church, I didn't say like, dad, dad, you know, I didn't do that. I would, you know, if I needed his attention, I'd be like pastor and then He'll turn around. Same with my mom. It's like pastor's wife, and then she'll turn around. But um, he what is very loving. He's very affectionate. Likes he loves hugs. He loves kissing his grandsons. Things like that. So I never felt like I missed out or anything. Um, the only thing that I could think of um, would be let's say choir concerts or like little special events that I had on a Wednesday night when he was preaching Bible study or um, when they had to go visit someone in the hospital. So little things like that. But um, the greatest part was just everyone else in the church treating me as like their family members. So my parents couldn't make it. I always had um, someone from the church at the concert or someone pick me up (laughs) from school like uh, Mr. Scarborough, I'm sure, Kristen, you remember him before he passed away. He was like my godfather. He picked me up from school. He would take me to different events. I'm pretty sure he's gone to one of my parent-teacher conferences. <laughs> so um, even if there were times where my dad couldn't make it to any of those 
to those events, it would always be someone. Um, so I don't feel like, you know, it was harder or, or that I've lost a lot from being a, a PK of a pastor's kid. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting because um, I know like last time I felt like I was really unprepared and I was just rambling. Um, so I like did a lot of research on like stories about pastor's kids and most of them are like blogs from like um, pastor kids themselves. And it was a range of, you know, being grateful. I mean, like what Chloe said, um, they had like an extended family basically and they could rely on anyone at the church. But also that they had, you know, this kind of distance with their parents because of that formality at church. Right. And I think it could be different if, let's say, your religious views are different from your parents. If I wasn't a Christian, if I, you know, believed in a different thing out there, then I think there would have been some hardships. Luckily, I we shared like the same religion, the same values, the same morals. And so it, it was easier to um, appreciate like what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just being able to watch your parents live out their faith, I think that really helped us um, develop our own faith to become Christian. So I think it was a gift. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so not only are you pastor's kids, but you grew up in like an Asian household. You're Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. And I know that in Asian communities, there are certain values. So you have that on top of being a pastor's kid. What was that experience like for you? Well, honestly, I feel like my dad just kind of isn't the typical Asian dad in a sense because I was able to go to like sleepovers since I was in elementary school. I was able to hang out with my friends all the time and like he didn't berate me if I got a bad grade or anything. I didn't get like sometimes, I don't know. I just feel like I kind of lived a life that wasn't too confined with that Asian tradition. Um when I used to hang out with my friends in high school, a lot of them were Asian, you know, Vietnamese or like Chinese and stuff like that. And their parents would be like, oh, you can't sleep over because I don't know, they have their, you know, views and things like that. Or we, some of them couldn't even go to the mall, like with me, just as friends, which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And I was just like, what kind of life is this? Yeah. And that's all you can do. And I was living out in like Charlotte, North Carolina, you can't go anywhere. So it was just kind of like, all we did was go to the mall, hang out. And they were like, yeah, my parents said I can't go to the mall. And I'm just like, this is so ridiculous. But I feel like I didn't really experience that as much just because my dad's kind of more, even though he came at a later time too, because he finished all of his schooling in Korea before he moved to the United States. But he was more open to like a new culture, I guess. So I didn't experience that as much. You know, I I don't know if I'm the best person to answer this because I feel like I never, I never wanted to do things that were so against like the typical Asian household um, because I'm lame like that. And, and I also think because my sister was so perfect, she was the one that had you know, all the straight A's, she's salutatorian, she, you know, did this, did that, won awards that they were like, oh, you know, we're like, we're fulfilled by our firstborn, our second daughter can do whatever, like, you know, she can quit this, quit that, but um, I, as I, as I grow older, and I, as I 
um, try to understand immigrant parents a little more, I can see why they're a little more strict. So I, I have, um, I have, you know, what's it called? I have Asian friends who will say things like, my dad doesn't show me love or my dad isn't as affectionate as like, let's say my white friend's dad. But you think about it and you have to, you have to realize like how your parents, how our parents grew up in that time. And then them like immigrating to a different country and then having to learn um, a different language and then having to work their butts off. They don't have time to like, oh, let me give you extra love. Like, let me hug you and let me make you feel so warm and, and bubbly. They're, they're working so hard trying to put food on the table. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's unfair to compare them to let's say a white household where they're where they have that extra time that leisure to love on their children because they already have things that have been passed down from their parents like they this is just an example but um you know they know the language they maybe they were, were already working at a company that their parents started so they have the leisure to do that whereas our parents are working really hard and they, but that's their way of showing us love so I'm totally going on a tangent now. No, that's but, fine. <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait how, how did this even start? But, um, you know, because I, this is a small example. I never wanted to go out with my friends late at night. Um, so I never had to deal with like, no, you cannot, you know, you cannot go. Um, they were also more on the lenient side with like clothing. Like my parents allowed me to wear whatever mm -hmm. I wanted if I was like, no, it's cute. And they just like, whatever, you know, you can wear whatever you want. Um, I don't know how I got to that point, yeah. but. <laughs> no, it's fine. That's funny though, because my dad, you know, when like booty shorts were kind of in when we were younger, yes. my dad just let my sisters wear those booty shorts. And I was just like, <laughs> why are you letting them wear? And he's like, it's hot outside. They can wear that. <laughs> So he didn't know so the sexual, you know, implications of wearing booty shorts. He was just like, you know, it's right. really hot outside. You can just wear that. And yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I had a whole bunch of questions I was going to ask you, but I forgot all of them. <laughs> it's my fault because I just went on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, so it's weird yeah. for me because growing up, I didn't have a lot of Asian friends at my school. It was just me one other person and our siblings. So that's, oh, wow. that was like my whole Asian circle. And so at school I had my white friends and then at church I had my Korean friends, like my Asian friends. So it was like a very, um, you know, separate social group. So I never really got to that like Asian American identity until like later in college when I moved away and um, met different people. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Colorado Springs, yeah. it's still not very, it's still not as diverse, I would say. No. Um, one thing you both mentioned is, um, you know, the language barrier and like your, how your parents had to learn English. But, you know, Chloe and you and your sister were my Korean class teachers when I was like in really? elementary school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember. Um, kind of side story, but... Um, your older sister, uh -huh. she was one of my hunger hack your teachers. Okay. And she made me cry. Oh no. Because <laughs> I got in trouble and I don't even think I did anything wrong. Oh my goodness. Was, you know what? You're not the first. You know, we have like 
compared what I was doing. But I told yeah. my mom about it and she was like, well, why didn't you listen to the teacher? <laughs> I was like, I did. I no, I know. Some of the boys will be like, she made me do wall sits. I'm like, I'm yeah, sorry. as punishment, she would make us do wall sits. And if we complained that our legs were tired, she would make us sit on the floor and like raise our hands up. Oh, she oh is like God. the true Asian parent. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. she's actually a parent now. Yeah. She doesn't make him do that, but we'll see. We'll have to see when he's in high school. She makes him do stuff like that. <laughs> um, okay, but anyways, um, you guys mentioned the language barrier, but you guys both translate the services from Korean to English. Lily did. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Well, Chloe does it too sometimes. <laughs> when Lily cannot. Um, so yeah. when did you guys start doing that? And, you know, what's your weirdest stories? Oh, girl. Translating? I don't know. Um, I feel like I started translating more for church specifically, like services, when my parents moved to New Jersey um, because they had a bit more of like a non-Korean congregant, like more non-Korean congregant members who spoke English or, you know, like second generation Koreans, third generations who couldn't really speak Korean. So I feel like I started that more when they moved to New Jersey, which was right about when I was like halfway through high school, um, senior year of high school. So that's when I started doing that. But overall, I I mean, when I was growing up, I had to go to ESL since I was little because I couldn't, <laughs> oh. I didn't know how to speak English. Yeah, like my parents never spoke to me in English. They only spoke to me in Korean. So I had to go through that um, up until like second grade. I went to ESL and they would still test you. Like every time you go to like middle school and high school, they'll like make you take a test. And you're just like, why am I in here? I'm in like the honors English class and I'm just sitting here taking this like ESL exam. Yeah, but... so if you, oh, actually, <laughs> sorry. If you, you know how like this yeah, school gives it. you a piece of paper and you have that option to write like, mm-hmm. oh, my child is bilingual. The moment you uh-huh. write that and the moment you say, oh, this person speaks a different language at home, you're, they're going uh-huh. to make you take that test. Yeah. Oh, okay. That <laughs> you're sense. like, why am I here? <laughs> well, that's really because I was yeah. never in ESL because I was always in like the top English classes, but my younger sister had to take ESL. Oh, that's so interesting. I feel like it's usually the opposite because your older sibling starts to talk to you in English. So the younger one would just learn English first, kind of, in a way. That's so interesting. Yeah, I didn't even know she was in ESL until we were talking about it, like, a few (laughs) months ago. A few months ago? Not even a few years ago? Yeah, I just mentioned how, like, you know, I was never in ESL. She was like, what do you mean you were never in ESL? (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny. No. I still remember like certain words I used to learn in ESL class. Like one time in second grade, I think I learned the word astronaut. And I was just like, <laughs> whoa, that's kind of a cool word. <laughs> but that's the You're only so reason cute. why I remember it. Yeah. But yeah. But I was like super into the Korean culture since I was little. I loved Korean music. We um, actually lived in Korea for about a year because we were waiting for our green card to get approved. So, you know, you have to go back to Korea. And so we lived there for a year and that was around like second grade for me. 
Um, that's why I got stuck in ESL because they were like, oh, you were only coming back for like literally, I think it was like the, not even the second half, almost like three quarters of when it was almost done. And they were just like, yeah, you might have to take ESL. So that's why I got like stuck in there. But I was in Korea for a year and my cousins were, you know, super into like GOD and HOT and like <laughs> Xinhua and stuff, UN. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. So that's how I got roped into like the Korean music stuff. I was super into Yusunjun. I don't know if you guys know Yusunjun. But anyway, yeah, I kind of like that stuck with me. And so I feel like I was proud to be Korean. I can speak a different language. So I went to like Hangrakyo and like won all these competitions. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, okay. like translating competitions. But yeah, I was very competitive. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Different story for me. Yeah. All my life, I've translated things for my parents, like any immigrant child. Um, but my sister was the one who would do most of the work and she, because we're such a military church, um, we have three bases in Colorado. So we have tons of um, husbands who are retired um, veterans. And so my sister was in charge of translating all the sermons and then she got married. And then she got married to someone who had, who's living in a different state. So I just automatically had to take over and then one day Lily showed up and she just <laughs> saved me and she's been my little angel since then unless she can't translate then I have to do it again but I'm not as good as Lily I just no. have to I have to like guess what he's saying there are times when I have no idea what he has said and I just have to like I just have to say something that I know about the bible verse he'll have said something about you know he'll say you know Moses this Moses that and I'm like I don't know I missed that part so I'll just say to me like he parted the sea, you know, something that I know about Moses. And so I'm sure there are times when the dads are like, this girl's crazy and she has no idea what she's saying. But they're really kind about it too. I'll apologize. And they're like, no, that was good. That was great. Thank you so much. And they always prepare gift cards for us. Yeah. Aww. So sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's sweet. Yeah. They're very sweet. But you know how, like Chloe mentioned, you know, um, we translate for our parents and things like that. For me, I feel like I did it mostly for my mom because my dad, he worked so hard to like learn English on his own. Um, when he came, he went to all these like free English classes at like American churches. And we would go to those like Halloween parties there because, you know, you don't celebrate Halloween. So you just have like a fall festival. <laughs> so I remember going there all the time and he would be like talking to his teacher and things like that. But he worked really hard to learn English. So I feel like I didn't translate as much for him. He took care of everything, all the legal stuff, like the bills, like, you know, even applying for citizenship, everything. And then my mom was just kind of the one that was like, eh, I don't need to learn English. So she's the one I usually translated for. But I feel like a lot of the immigrant kids, they just grow up memorizing everything for their parents and just translating. So. That was really off topic. No, yeah. I don't know how to say something in Korean. I just say it in English with a Korean accent. Yes, Konglish. Oh yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. One thing I noticed though is like, it's different for every country that's not Korea. Cause when I was in Germany, <laughs> yes. 
when I was studying abroad, um, I went to, where was it? Salzburg in Austria, which is where they filmed The Sound of Music. And I'm a huge fan of The Sound of Music. So I was like, I have to go. But interestingly enough, only Americans know that movie and they're the only <laughs> ones that go there for the tourists. Really? Yeah, but I found like a Korean restaurant there and I was like really craving Korean food. So I went to go eat there. But for some reason, I forgot what like receipt was in Korean, like Yongsujung or, you know, like the check when you ask for the check. And so I said, and they were like, what? what is that? Like they had no idea what it was. But if you say it in German, they'll understand. So I thought that was so interesting because like Korean Americans, they know exactly what you mean mm-hmm. when you say they don't know it in other countries where they have Koreans living there. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so last time we talked more about your relationships. Um, you're both engaged and Lily, you're actually getting married in a little over a week. Yes, uh, next Saturday. Woo-hoo! How are you feeling? I'm feeling relieved. <laughs> this has taken so long. It got postponed because of COVID and I'm just so done. I'm like, I just want it to be done and over with kind of at this point. There are so many details that you have to think of or things that you didn't even think was actually important for the wedding, but other people start bringing it up and you have to think about it. So I think it is a wonderful idea if future brides just hire a wedding planner because they are literally worth the money. Yes. But you saved a lot of money. I did, but I did get like a wedding coordinator. So there's a difference between like coordinators and planners. Coordinators just like coordinate coordinate the day of, and then the wedding planners take care of literally everything. And I mean, coordinators are nice too, but there's just so many small details. Things like, I forgot. Now I can't even remember, but... <laughs> It's just so annoying when you have to think about everything and you actually have to take care of everything first. You have to get all the decorations for the coordinator to use for decoration. I mean, they'll decorate it, but you have to provide it and like do all these research um, for these things. And I'm like, you know what? It would have been so much easier if I just had a planner and I said, here, do all this for me. And then they do it. So it's definitely worth the money. Mm-hmm. Um, last time we talked, you said you still had some things you were working out. Mm-hmm. Are you done with those things or are they still in progress? <laughs> I'm like, I think I'm 99% done. I still have Yay! 1% left. I have to organize the wedding favors, pack them up, decorate them. But it's like those small things, um, mm-hmm. setting up, you know, like the guest book stuff and painting those things I have to I think I'm going to paint the card holder box I don't know there's just so many details like the smallest things and I'm like this is so annoying I wish they were all just pre-made and I can use them but yeah but you're seeing the end of the tunnel (laughs) I am finally (laughs) I'm so ready to be done (laughs) is your fiance helping you he tries but he also doesn't really know all the details that go into it. And I feel like as girls, we're just a little bit more used to like planning things, being organized and taking care of stuff. 
So I just let him be and do his own thing. Yeah, so I'm mostly doing everything. <laughs> Sometimes not helping is healthy. Yeah, honestly, it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll just like inform him. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna buy this, this and this. And he'll be like, okay. <laughs> Use my card. Yeah, so it's good. <laughs> and Chloe, you're currently engaged. Yes. Um, where are you in your um, wedding planning stage? Oh, wow. I'm not even on a stage. I'm like, <laughs> not, well, I'm just, I, I got my dress. I have the date. I have, I know where-ish I'm going to be getting married, but I have been putting that off for as long as I can. Um, and with COVID going on, it's hard to visit different locations or um, it's hard to meet people and organize things just, you know, because of COVID. So um, I'm just relaxing and hoping that it'll work out just like Lily, taking it one step at a time. Yeah. If you need help planning it, I'm here for you. Okay, I will hire you as my planner to stress (laughs) you out even more. Honestly, though, if it's not my wedding, I think it'd be so much easier. I don't know. Yeah. If it's for other people, I'd be like, oh, yeah, and like gung-ho about it. But I don't care as much for my own wedding. I think that's why I'm so annoyed at all these details. I'm just like, I don't care. Yeah. That's me. Um, But you're both in uh, relationships with Korean men who are religious as well. And is that something that you have always wanted or did it just turn out that way? Yes, I've always wanted to marry a Korean man who is a Christian. So I think that worked out really well for me. Um, And growing up, I did get to date different types of people and different races, different religions and things like that. But all in all, it's so much easier to talk to somebody who is basically from the same background. He's Korean American. He grew up in America. His parents are very religious, so he grew up in the church and just things like that, like all the values and all the thought processes even are really similar. So I feel like I don't have to explain anything to him when I say I make this decision and I'm like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. He'll just know right away, oh, like this is all we thought of. So that's why it happened to this kind of result. And so I think that's a lot easier. And honestly, yeah, like religion is very important. I've grown up to realize that as I, you know, got older, but yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, I'm on the same boat as Lily. Um, And even just talking about like my fiance, we'll talk about um, the kids that we'll have in the future. And we talk about taking them to church together um or you know teaching them the same obviously we can't force anything on them that's like ultimately their decision but being able to teach them and lead them um the same together in the same way you know if one person says one thing and the other person says another um, that causes a lot of conflict so luckily he and i will be able to be on the same page and i know that what he's teaching our children i also agree with and Mm -hmm. So I'm curious as to how 
you guys met because you both obviously, um, you know, church is a very time consuming lifestyle, if that's the word. Um, when I was at church, I was there like three times a week because I was part of the worship band. So we had practice on Saturdays and we had to go early on Sundays and then we had a Wednesday service. I don't remember having like any school activities because I was so involved in the mm-hmm. church. And I guess I'm just wondering like if church is how you met or if you just met through other means. Um. Like do you, did you have a Christian Mingle account? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did not. I'm kind of old fashioned. I never liked that whole like dating online type of stuff, even though that's kind of my generation now, but I was old fashioned and like, I have to actually meet that person in person and get to know them before I can date that person. So for me, it worked out just because we attend the same church and we became friends first before we started dating. Um, Yeah. And he was basically involved in most of the activities that I became involved with at church, Um, like youth group and later like praise band and things like that so it was nice to yeah just have like common interests at the same time I think that also helped bring more topics we can talk about together so and spend more time together because you do end up going to all those things right like you have to go on Sunday mornings Saturdays Wednesdays and you get to see him as much as often and youth group was particularly good because you have like special activities you do with the kids like we went camping and things like that so you do end up spending more time with them yeah and I actually remember when we went camping with the youth group and Lily and her fiance drove together and this is kind of like when they were just now starting so my friend and I we were like oh my gosh they're in the same car together this is perfect our plan is working <laughs> so I remember that that's true yeah um yeah I also met my fiance at church I definitely did not like him he was not my type um and I feel bad because I, I always introduce him like that when they're like how did you guys meet did you like him when you met him and all that and I'm like no and he's sitting right next to me and I'll say like no I never liked him he is not my type so I feel bad but he really wasn't you know I'm not gonna lie but um then I saw how I think we kind of did become friends I don't even know I feel like we also skipped that we were kind of like man I like you and then it was like oh I like you Um, (laughs) but yeah, because I am at, I was at church all the time before COVID. Um, he was never angry about it. He, he never questioned it. He was like, oh, if that's where God's using you, then that's where God's using you. I have no say in that. Um, he would always try to make time outside of church to meet me, if, even if it was him. This is when he was a cadet at the Air Force Academy. He would ask his leaders, like, can I, can I be out for like an hour tonight? I know I have this, but I got it done ahead of time. I really need to do something. And they'll be like, okay, you can leave. And then he'll drive to my house and then he'll be like, let's walk to the park next to your house. And then we'll like, you know, talk and then he'll have to go back. So he was very good about making time, even if that was meant sacrificing his sleep or his study time. So I think that's why it worked. Um, and that's why I think I started liking him more it was just because I was like oh he's trying and he's um, he must really like me so. mm-hmm. 
He was very dedicated, so yes, to, to gain her heart. He wanted it. it he worked. wanted her heart. He's always like, it was an investment. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, You both talked about your future kids. So do you already have like plans? Like, do you know what, you know, like, oh are your kids going to be in, like Taekwondo? They're going to learn <laughs> piano and violin. I actually kind of had this conversation with my mom the other day. She was like, you know, <laughs> piano is like the most basic form you can teach them about music. And honestly, I think I am going to have them learn how to play piano just because me growing up, I did, you know, dabble in music a little bit with my violin and piano, but it's really helpful when you grow up, you realize that you're like, oh, like music is another set of like expressing yourself. And it's also learning how to use like both parts of your brain. I learned that in high school, but <laughs> being able to like read music, I think that's really cool now that I'm older and things like that. And so I would love for my kids to be able to learn that even a little bit. I think the teacher is very important, though. I feel like the teacher makes it or breaks it for the kids as they're growing up to learn. I agree. So, yeah. And whatever sport they feel like they're interested in, I hope that I'll be able to help them, you know, um, join and learn those things. Just because I, growing up, didn't really have that as much. I wasn't really a sporty person anyway, but... Um, yeah, my parents weren't really interested in like putting me into sports. They put me in dance and stuff, which was nice because I was more interested in dance. So I think for my kids, I'll let them do a lot like sports and dance and Korean for me is very important to learn. So I'm definitely going to try to keep them learning Korean somehow. <laughs> you guys are going to have some talented children. <laughs> I hope so. I don't know because... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, for me, I also would love for them to learn piano. I hated it. I hated going Same. to practice. I just, the thought of it, sometimes I would act like I'm sick. I would go to the bathroom and like put water in my mouth and then spit it out on the toilet. So that it makes like this, the throw up sound. And I'd be like, I'm sick. My mom's like, really? Cause you're sick every Monday. <laughs> I absolutely hated it, but um, now that I'm older, I, I'm grateful that they somewhat forced me because, um, like Lily said, I can read music and I can enjoy music, and I don't think I'm tone deaf, so that that helps. But my fiance played football and um, rugby, and he loves playing golf and tennis, so he's all like, "Oh, we're gonna put them into sports and." even if she's a girl we're gonna <laughs> make her play like this and that so we'll see um he and I he wants a more sporty kid and I'm just like well, I don't know and I want them to understand music and not be tone deaf like you and he's like well I want them to work out <laughs> unlike you so we're like eh, we'll see <laughs> that's a good balance very good balance um, so we're actually almost out of time, but thank you guys so much for um, doing this again. Sure. I hope that your relationships um, continue to grow and then continue to be happy and healthy. Thank you. I love being on your podcast. It's so fun. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mandu Podcast, which is edited and produced by me. The music you're listening to is called Blind Love and created by Jerris. 
For more info on the pod, blog, and other AAPI culture, head on over to my website at mandupodcast.com or check out my Instagram at mandupod. Oh, and one more thing. I am now on Spoon Radio, the next trend for audio-only live streaming. You can voice chat, listen and perform music, and share whatever else you want to share. Plus, it's all free. All you have to do is download the app and follow me at Mandu Pod. Thanks, and have a great day.